Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of June 26, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And in contrast to the prior week, this was a pretty soft week for the market. S&P 500 down 1.4%, just one sector up for the week, healthcare XLV up 27 basis points, worst performing sector, real estate down 3.9%, but it was a pretty comprehensive sell-off across the board. You had technology down 2.41%, you had communication services down almost 1%, consumer discretionary down 36 basis points, and then some of those cyclical sectors that have been working, like basic materials down 2%, industrials down 1.66%, and energy down 3.5%. So this wasn't necessarily a change in market sentiment, a change in market direction. The S&P 500 is still up 13.25% for the year, but it was certainly a week coming off of the prior week where some of the stuff that the market seemed to be bold up on started to turn in different directions. We had some economic data, not a ton, certainly not as much as the prior week, but we had services PMI, which was weaker than expected, although it's still ex- still in expansionary territory. We had manufacturing PMI better than expected, but that's still in recessionary territory or below 50 then we had much better than expected existing home sales and then higher than expected initial jobless claims, which for some labor market watchers is entering territory that's starting to be concerning just in terms of the trend there. We'll see if that translates to weaker payroll numbers, weaker headline jobs data, but that initial claims data does continue to trend in the wrong direction, at least from an economic activity perspective. Then we got leading economic indicators, which were down once again, and that's 14 straight months that the leading economic index has declined. And just to once again borrow some of the language from the conference board, continues to point to weaker economic activity ahead, rising interest rates and persistent inflation will continue to further dampen economic activity. While we revised our Q2 GDP forecast from negative to slight growth, we predict that the U.S. economy will contract over the Q3 2023 to Q1 2024 period. And this is important. The recession likely will be due to continued tightness in monetary policy and lower government spending. So basically coming out of a period of fiscal excess and monetary excess and now having entered a period where we have significantly tighter monetary conditions, not necessarily egregiously tight fiscal conditions. There's a lot of those programs that were rolled out, the IRA Rebuild America Act, even some of the pandemic relief that's still filtering through the economy. So yes, less fiscal spending than we saw, say, in 2020 or in 2021, but generally speaking, a a pretty expansive fiscal backdrop. And even if it's tightening relative to where it was, the the overwhelming tightness is coming on the monetary side. Finally, this is another point I found interesting. On average, there is usually 10.6 months between a peak and a recession in the leading economic indicators index, that is. We are currently 17 months off from the 2021 peak. So 
we hear it in the financial media. We hear it said over and over again. This is the most telegraphed recession in economic history. Here we are 17 months from the peak in the leading economic indicators index, and we still don't have officially a recession, at least not one that's been confirmed by the powers that be. So that is all a, a subset or a subtext to the idea that the market at a high level is confusing right now. You've got economic data going in different directions, economic data that you could rely on as a and point to as a reason why we're not in a recession. Now turning, we've got economic data points that people were pointing to saying this is why we're in a recession, perhaps going in the opposite direction. That makes for a confounding market. And certainly the market didn't like the economic data, but it also seemed like the market didn't really like what Mr. Powell had to say. Remember, he was in front of both houses of Congress this week. And effectively, the takeaway seemed to be that the June meeting wasn't about a pivot, wasn't about an outright pause. It was just about moderating the pace of interest rate increases and monetary policy. And as a result, he seemed to indicate that there's likely to be more rate hikes in the future, that inflation has not become manageable and has not come into the levels that they're comfortable with. And of course, we'll get PCE this week. We got that CPI and PPI data right around that latest Fed meeting. But the market, which was in rally mode the prior week, took this week off and it was a short week. So we didn't have a tremendous amount of volume this week, just 522 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. But it was a week that looked a lot different than the prior week from a flows perspective, from a relative activity perspective. In fact, we had just 3.1 million shares in net creation activity across the 11 select sector spiders ETFs. But that doesn't really tell the whole story because we had 31 million net creates in XLF alone, and then 7 million out of XLK. That's about 1.2 billion in net outflows, given the large handle on that ETF. XLE saw 7 million of net redemption activity. That's about 540 million or so of net outflows. And then we saw more than 1 million shares redeemed out of five other sectors, 3 million in XLP alone. So a week in which most sectors were down, most sectors saw redemption activity and the economic data and the language from Mr. Powell wasn't supportive of the bulls this week. Remains to be seen going forward if this market rally, which is now, depending on who you ask, turned into another new bull market, having moved 20% off the lows, can persist into the back end of the year, assuming, of course, that the conference board and the various economic indicators that are predicting some version of a recession in the back half of 2023 or into 2024 are correct. And as a result, I think we're going to focus on consumer discretionary this week because it ties into this recession theme. It ties into the market rally theme, the bull market story here in 2023. But it's also a sector that I think gets to the heart of what drives the U.S. economy and what's been driving this market so far in 2023. If you wanted to make the case for consumer discretionary, this market is certainly turning tilting growth versus value. It's a sector that typically does well coming out of a recession and it's a pocket of the market that has shown extreme resilience in the state of the consumer right now, based on debt levels, based on spending, are all not necessarily concerning for a segment of the market that people have been investing in and in segments of the economy where investors 
and consumers have been directing their money. In fact, if you look at XLY year to date, the story aligns with that big market story where a lot of the market's performance year to date is being driven by a small number of stocks. That's very true in XLY. You've got Amazon and Tesla, two largest stocks in the sector, contributing 24% or so of the 28% year to date total return. But Beyond those two stocks, you've got some pretty interesting moves here in 2023 in the consumer services segment, for example. 17% total return from those companies in that GIX industry group, which has contributed about 4% of the portfolio's total return so far in 2023. Well, what's in there? Booking Holdings, Caesars Entertainment, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, McDonald's, Chipotle. So, if that's reflective of what consumers are doing and what's actually happening on the ground in the economy, then in theory, the consumer is showing that they're in pretty good shape. They're going out. They're buying hotels and flights. They're buying hotel rooms. They're buying cruises. They're going out. They're spending money. They're traveling. And they're buying burritos and hamburgers while they're doing it. So the consumer discretionary sector which was one of our counterparts, Bob Dudley's favorite sector coming into 2023 as sort of a contrarian play, has become a segment that is not only reflecting or at the heart of this will we, won't we recession story, but it underscores the strength and resiliency of the U.S. consumer in this backdrop where we've seen what in theory should be a number of derailments for this economy. Concerns about higher interest rates working their way through to consumers. Concerns about inflation impacting consumers' bottom lines and balance sheets. Concerns about regional banks impacting consumers. And yet here we are with the consumer discretionary sector up 28% plus year-to-date, driven, of course, by a couple really large, high-quality companies, but also driven so far in 2023 by companies that have specific focus on some of those travel and leisure and true discretionary spend components of the consumer segment, which is quite compelling. And in fact, if you look at the worst performing industry in XLY, consumer discretionary year to date, it's actually those consumer staples distributors that were taken out of consumer staples and added to consumer discretionary with the latest exchange here in 2023, which is maybe not ironic, but certainly kind of amusing for those of you who paid attention to the rationale behind that exchange. So looking ahead to next week, we've got, as I mentioned, PCE on deck at the end of the week, the Fed's favorite indicator of inflation. That will certainly be an influential data point, but we're going to get some other stuff that's pretty interesting. Durable goods, Case-Shiller, new and pending home sales, consumer confidence, And if last week weren't enough, we're going to hear from Mr. Powell once again, two days in a row, and we'll get a feel for his thoughts on the economy and the trajectory of Fed policy and of monetary policy. And of course, the market will do its best to sift through all of that information, build word clouds and the like to see if it gives you any direction in investing. On the earnings front, once again, at the end of earnings season, we're going to hear from General Mills. We're going to hear from Nike, Carnival talking about the consumer discretionary sector, of course, and then Constellation brand. So some interesting multinational firms that have large footprints globally, but also companies that are in a fairly wide range of sectors and will give us a feel, once again, at least at a high level of the state of the consumer. So with that, 
I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Please visit sectorspiders.com to get additional information, research, updates, and a whole lot more. Take care.